now, a closer look. A sleepy morning, we're out in the boondocks. Stories being told on the red. Today's segment is titled, An Inside Perspective to the Smile Project. some special music in the air in Munich. The Smile Project, which is a private initiative, has now entered their fifth year. Their acronym stands for Singing Music in the Language of English, and they have been bringing many smiles to those for whom they sing. Over the past several years, the Smile Project has also been highlighted several times on this show, and we had the pleasure to hear from some of the people from where Smile has performed. Today, however, we decided to do something different by spotlighting this project and listening to the people who have been personally involved in and within this project to gain their inside perspective. So, let's start at the top, so to speak. Musically, that's the soprano section. For they, of course, sing the highest notes possible. On the phone, I have one of the soprano singers from the Smile Project. Hello, Jenny, are you there? Hi, Dan, yes, I am. How are you? Very well, and you? Very good, thank you. I understand that you've been singing with the Smile Project in the soprano section for at least a couple of seasons now. Is that correct? Yes, this month. It will be almost a year. Great. Can you tell our listeners what it's like singing with these special heartfelt amateur singers coming from all around the world? Honestly, it's pure joy. I really <laughs> love that we sing these easy, well-known songs, and it's really more about the message we're giving than the performance or the sound itself. I think that's so much more important to sing with the heart and give these feelings to your audience and also to the people who are singing with you, to the choir itself, than have a perfect performance. That's really something I enjoy very much. And it's kind of unique. I sung in more choirs before, and that's something special about Smile. Could you share maybe what your experiences have been like singing for these people in sheltered environments? 
As far as I experienced it, they love it. They really like to have such an enthusiastic group with them and to feel and hear something else and to have people there that really want to give these feelings. It doesn't matter if we're in an elderly home or if we're in a refugee camp. It doesn't matter which language we're seeing it because it's all about the feelings. It's something that connects the people. Music is the universal language. Absolutely. Do you have any advice that you might give to listeners who might be thinking about giving their heart-centered energy through song? Trust your feelings and try to be brave <laughs> or <laughs> just do something. For me, it was really important to give something back and the world is always so harsh and there are so many problems in it. And if they feel the same, it's a really nice way to have this more social side with you, the more emotional side, and it helps you to balance your own life. And also, of course, to meet new people and have interesting conversations. Like you said, there are so many people from all around the world, and it's really nice to get to know them and their experiences with singing. So just don't think about it. Just do it. Be brave enough to raise your voice. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> about balance, I heard that the altos and the soprano sections way outnumber the bass and tenor sections. Is that true? Yeah, unfortunately. I'm hoping it's getting better. <laughs> and I'm always looking forward to, of course, meeting you guys to help our choir. It sounds so much more full if we also have these male voices you're singing for us. So any tenors or basses that are out there listening, they shouldn't have any fear of coming into this group that they're totally outnumbered. Bye. No, absolutely not. It's really, it's a, such a nice group and it's so much fun. And of course, there are already some guys, so they won't be alone. It's just fun. Jenny, I thank you so kindly from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to speaking with us and our listeners. And You're welcome. It was a joy. wonderful day. Thank you. Just as all pianos are not alike, all piano players are also not the same. And without a doubt, a good piano accompanist is very essential for an amateur ensemble like Smile Project. We couldn't think of a better person to share with us the inside scoop about how important it is to have the right feel when tickling the ivories than the woman who played piano for the past two years. She just moved back home on the other side of the globe, and we have the good fortune to have her on the line to speak with us now. On the phone, I have Dion Hui. She is currently the senior project executive of the Fashion Advisory Group for the Hong Kong Design Center. Hello, Dion, are you there? 
Yes, good afternoon on your side and good evening on my side. <laughs> Today we spotlight the Smile Project and what it means for the people who are involved or have been involved in the giving something back to their host society. You are a classically trained pianist as well as a piano teacher. Yeah. So at first I started singing in children's choir when I was three years old. And then I properly picked up the piano as a musical instrument when I was eight. And then I was always spending a lot of time on the piano after school. So then I decided to enroll myself in a foundation course in the music department of university in Hong Kong. From then, I did a music degree in performance and pedagogy. So as far as my choir experience go, I was a singer for the children's choir and my primary school choir and also the university school choir. But being the choir accompanist, playing for Smile is actually the first time that I became an accompanist. What was the transition like going from classical pianist to piano accompanist, especially for an amateur ensemble like the Smile Project? Playing for an amateur choir, it's very important that you have to train your listening skills, really to listen and pay attention where the choir is going and what is their pace. Because sometimes amateur choirs, they go according to their own speed. Sometimes they <laughs> speed up their passages when they feel very confident. <laughs> and sometimes they stumble when they were past that they were not so sure. So it's always very important to really use your ears to try to keep up with them and not to be too involved in what you are playing yourself. The other thing is that accompanies have to be very clear in giving entries and cues, especially in the past that where there is a key change or rhythmic change. Absolutely. They depend on someone like you. Can you tell us what your experiences were like for you as a piano accompanist over the last two years playing in some of these sheltered environments? Did it leave an impression with you? Yes. Like, for example, the old people's homes or refugee camps and disabled adults' homes. Those are the places where a normal pianist wouldn't have the access to perform in venues like this. So I found it quite interesting in a way because when we were music students, we have very nicely set up practice rooms and music halls to perform in. And we also have professional technicians and people to help us. Playing with Smile was very different in terms of we have to figure out ourselves where is the best way to put the piano in terms of acoustic and where's the best place to be able to see the conductor and the choir because those venues are not conventional music halls that performance. So we have to be quite creative <laughs> and careful in terms of setting up the stage. Sometimes the audience can get very excited <laughs> very happy or sometimes they get touched and then they cry. It's a whole range of different experience. Depends on what kind of audience you're playing to. Whether we play for a group of very energetic children who laugh at every phrase that we sing or older people or sick people where they get touched and they cry. It's a release of the emotion. So I found that very interesting and playing for different people 
different situations, you get quite different response. And as a pianist, you always feel part of that as well. Do you have any final inspirational comments for potential pianists that would like to get involved in such an amateur ensemble? I would recommend pianists to really study the original scores very carefully and identify the difficult parts for the choir and for the piano as well. And I think the key is to be very flexible in terms of adjusting the accompaniment because sometimes what was written on the score may not fit the choir perfectly. So I think you can take the liberty in simplifying or improvising a little bit so that to find, during rehearsal, to find the best ways to, um, to fit in with the choir. Just be open, be courageous, and be flexible. It is not as hard as you think, and just follow your heart. Or as the Zen saying goes, leap and the net will appear. <laughs> Amen. Dion, I thank you all the way in Hong Kong for supporting the project for the last two years and wish you an absolutely wonderful day. Thank you very much. From the beginning, there was always an additional vision within this project to one day arrange for some singing and voice lessons for these amateur singers. And finally, now that they've entered into their fifth year, it was certainly high time for starting such. Let's speak now with the vocal coach currently working with Smile. On the phone, I have Susanna Proskura. She is a professional singer and vocal coach in Munich, and she has the vocal workshop called Creativissimo. Hello, Susanna, are you there? Hello, Dan. Yeah, I'm there. Tell our listeners who you are and what you do and why are you currently involved with the Smile Project? Well, I'm a classical singer, and I'm also a music teacher, singing teacher. I coach choirs. I have an online workshop, www.stimmbildungonline.de. Let's say I love to teach and I love to share the knowledge I have with hobby singers. The Smile Project is an amateur ensemble. What's it like for you as a teacher to be... I love the idea what the Smile Choir is doing. I mean, that you sing for refugees and for invalids, for old people and everybody who needs help. To reach the people, you need a lot of heart energy and to sing from the body. But to be able to sing that the other people can feel what you want to transport with the music, it's very important to learn a very good singing technique. And this is possible for everybody. So you hope at the end of the season to have been able to teach the Smile Singers this? When you want to become a professional singer, you need from 10 years up 
But I think also when you have only three months or half a year or one year, you can do a lot. And for me, it's important that when they think that the voices are not hurting, that whatever they feel in the music, that they can transport it into their voices, that the voices coming from the whole body, it has also a healing aspect in yourself and then to the others. Absolutely. What final inspirational comments might you have for people listening that might want to join an ensemble like Smile, but are afraid that their voice might not be good enough? That everybody can sing, and if somebody doesn't believe, I can show him or her the opposite. I love to teach people who are told, for example, as a child that they cannot sing, because I really can prove that also they can sing and it's not about a talent you have in your cords or in your throat, it's how to use it. And if somebody doesn't believe me, just give me a call and have a lesson and try it. Do you think you could actually even teach Cookie Monster how to sing? <laughs> of course, I love my Cookie Monster. <laughs> Susanna. We thank you from the bottom of our heart for taking the time to speak with us, and we wish you an absolutely lovely day. Thanks a lot. The Smile Project isn't just an ordinary singing ensemble. For starters, they only sing for individuals in sheltered environments. And what's extra special is how each of these singers in this project envisions giving their own special energy from their heart center, or love energy, into their voice and ultimately into each of the songs for their audiences to receive. Let's speak now with an expert in ethnomusic therapy who is also very familiar with this SMILE project to get a better feeling of what this project does and what it can mean. On the phone, I have Professor Dr. Wolfgang Masnick. He is the Chair of Music Education at the University of Music and Performing Arts. Hello, Professor Wolfgang. Are you on the line? Hello, I'm on the line, yes. <laughs> nice to hear your voice. Some of the things that you're involved in, in the academic and medical worlds, you're a classical performing pianist, you're involved in neuropsychology, ethnomusic therapy, and cardiology as uh, the current president of the Austrian Heart Association. Can you tell our listeners how that all relates to music therapy and doing things for the world at large? Music is important not only for entertainment, but it represents life. And that is a certain link also to medicine. We know today that music can influence the heart activity, so in cardiology it's quite important. On the other side, I'm researching a lot in neurosciences, especially in neuropsychology, and we know that music is not only something we hear. Music has a very 
wide and very broad influence on the brain and the cortex, on our personality and our feelings. It even modulates physiological reactions in the brains that's very closely interrelated. And what is today a very important thing we know, music has an impact on neuroplasticity. For example, in neurorehabilitation for stroke patients. So music more and more becomes a very serious form of medical intervention in different fields of medicine. For the last couple of years, you have been providing insights into understanding the musical scores for Smile Amateur Singers. You've also performed as both guest conductor and piano accompanist. And in these capacities, what were your experiences which listeners might find interesting about this project? The work with Smile so totally different to professional musicians and professional <laughs> choirs, which uh, rehearse in a very precise way. And so rehearsals and performances are quite similar. It was very different with Smile. So singers in Smile, they have a little bit problems to read the score and so on. But what is so extremely fascinating, when they perform... It's an extremely charming sound that captivates, that creates at once a very emotional and positively energetic link between the audience and it triggers something. So I believe from a neuroscientific perspective, when I saw the work of Smile in action, that it triggers something and the whole psychosomatic system is very close also to ancient myths of music, that music is an essence, is a driving force of living, of existing. So that is something you can't really train in academic fields. It is something very, very human. Touch the soul of the sound. And that was perhaps the most fascinating experience for me in those two years of working with the Smile Choir. What you touch on is what makes this project different than any regular community music choir, is that each of the singers in this project are working in a similar design, meaning that each of them say that they can envision giving the energy from their heart center through their vocal cords into the music to the audiences that they sing. Do you think that there might be a possibility that this special quote-unquote love energy, can this actually touch the audiences and maybe have some sort of a potential healing element to it? Yes. There's a big difference between classical Western medicine and those ideas of the heart energy and, and the love. Traditional Western medicine thinks in terms of biology. But on the other side, what I have really seen and not only seen, what I have experienced, there is something in the sound which embodies a deep human feeling, a deep human I would say, yeah, it's heart energy, it's, it's love. We know that it's a special link between people. 
it's not only a link of information, there's somehow a, a certain spiritual link and we have big, big, big problems to elucidate them from a medical perspective. But it can be felt and it's totally in line with medical systems of other cultures. And it's totally in line with philosophies about music and about the mystery of sound and the rhythm you find in different cultures. So I think the smile singers perform, and if they feel this very specific human form of love, and if they want to transport that via singing, there is something going on which can be felt by the audience and which can trigger something in those patients that can trigger a certain form of therapeutic power. We do not know exactly, but also in ethnomedicine, where we try to link or to synthesize theories of different cultures, of different medical systems, I think one day we can trace out that music, singing and giving through the voice, through the sound, left to others, positive energy, I think we'll find something. 2,400 years ago, the founder of the original academy in Athens, which is believed to have been the first institution of higher learning in the Western world, was Plato. Mm -hmm. He said, music gives a soul to the universe, wings to the mind, flight to the imagination, and life to everything. Can you leave our listeners with some closing thoughts for those who might be thinking of perhaps starting their own type of smile project or perhaps even inquiring further into this one? Yeah, this very ancient wisdom of music. We find that, of course, in ancient Greece. We find that also in China. We find that in very old and very wise cultures. I think one of the miracles on the one side is the harmony. We know that our universe, that also our bodies, refer to a certain system of harmony that is not only like a machine, it is a, a certain equilibrium. And music represents that. For example, in ancient Greece, philosophers and scientists had the idea that the universe has a special sound and the soul has a special sound. And if somebody's healthy, those two are quite similar, are in line. So the harmony of the universe and the harmony of the soul are somehow of the same structure. But if someone falls ill, he loses this harmony of the soul. And now a very important idea in ancient Greece says we can use music which is able to reharmonize that given harmony of the soul and the given harmony of the universe. So in those times where we find the roots of Western medicine, we find the roots of music therapy and we find a very first explanation why music can heal. Amazing. Wolfgang, yeah. I thank you for touching my soul 
and I wish you an absolutely wonderful and harmonious day. Thank you very much, and I also thank you for all those amazing and wonderful hours I could spend with you and with a smile. Have a nice, nice day. shared with us from Professor Wolfgang about the importance of maintaining the harmony of the soul for our health brings me to give you, the listener, something additionally to think about. For if it can be possible to share one's love energy in song, then it's probably also true in what we say to each other too. One universal problem in most community singing ensembles is finding basses, baritones, and tenors. Yes, that's right, the men. I thought it might be nice to hear from someone in the section who sings those deep, rich love notes. On the phone, I have one of the singers from the Smile Project who sings in the bass section. His name is Rupam. Rupam, are you there? How are you today? Feeling good. How long have you been singing with the Smile Project? I've been singing with Smile for one and a half years now. What are your impressions of what it's like to sing in the Smile Project? The overall impression has been quite rewarding. Uh, I'm thankful to Smile for giving my life a much-needed purpose. Over the last one and a half years, we've been to a lot of performances, and uh, every performance has been a unique thing for us. What's your experience singing in a performance with this project for the people that you sing for? Our audiences have been quite diverse. For example, kids, and then refugees, old age people, and then sometimes we go to the hospitals, and uh, every time, like, uh, something unique uh, and also quite rewarding. For example, I I can recall one incident where last winter, performing Christmas carols for people who were having Alzheimer's disease. I mean, at one point, like when they're singing, they got up and started singing with us. And there was like quite a poignant moment for us. So each of these uh, performances uh, bring us a lot of poignant moments for us as singers as well. I mean, the audience also likes it, but as a singers also, we also kind of enjoy it. Wonderful. Why do you think this project should continue? I think Smile is a wonderful idea to bring smiles to people who are having tough times. 
for example, people who are suffering from depression or consider suicides or people who are in hospitals and they endure a lot of pain, a smile is a wonderful way, I mean, to bring something like happiness into back into their lives, like put the smile back into their lives. And uh, I personally feel that smile should spread around the world because it's such a nice idea that uh, uh, music can uh, play an important role in healing. Absolutely. Do you have any advice for potential male singers? Yeah, right now, <laughs> the women outnumber us by quite huge margin. <laughs> if any man is listening to this right now, please join us. Uh, it's a wonderful experience to give something back to the society. And if not uh, for singing, I mean, if all the experience of performing in concerts are quite rewarding as well. Amen. Rupam, <laughs> I thank you from the bottom of my heart, and we wish you an absolutely wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Should any listener like more information about this SMILE project to either request a performance for your sheltered environment or if you have interest in singing with such a heartfelt ensemble, then please go to www.smilemunich.wordpress.com. About 2,500 years ago lived an ancient Chinese philosopher named Lao Tzu who once said, Music in the soul can be heard by the universe. Personally, I think everyone has their own special song in their heart for warming their own soul and the souls of others. Just remember that besides a smile being contagious, it's also good for your health too. On behalf of the folks here at Radio Laura, today's advice is just smile. You bring on the rain, so stop your sighing.